0: Thank you. To the Gradebook, a Tampa Bay Times podcast on Florida education issues. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek, and this week, as we are moving our way through the third week of the legislative session in Florida, our guest is former Martin County School Board member Tina McSoli. She has started a Facebook page, Reconstruct Ed, and it talks to people across the state about education reform issues in the state of Florida, things she hopes the legislature will be talking about and listening to the general public about. She's got a lot of people who have joined in just a short period of time, and she's going to discuss with us her views and what she's trying to accomplish. Let's jump right into the interview. Tina McSoley, I want to thank you for taking the time to talk with us on the podcast. Oh, you're so welcome. I'm happy to be here. Now, you have started a group on Facebook called Reconstruct Ed and I got to know just starting right off the top. Is that based on the step up for students redefined Ed sort of idea, or where did you come up with your idea?
1: Well, you know, being in being a school board member and being a public education teacher for years and being an advocate for education, I realized um, that. Many, many people feel the same way, and I, I've been quite frust- frustrated with legislation that's been coming down for many years, and when Governor DeSantis came out with his um, announcement that we were going to get rid of Common Core, um, because I know a lot about Common Core, and I feel that a lot of people don't truly understand what it is, I thought, you know what, I think everyone who believes in education, any kind of education, who loves kids, really has the same ideas about what education should look like. So let's get everyone on the same page, nonpartisan, without argument, and figure out how we rebuild an education system from the ground up. And that's where the whole Reconstruct Ed came from.
0: Okay. Now, the you mentioned being a teacher and a school board member that's in Martin County. Why did you go from teacher to school board member. And then after one term, you didn't run again.
1: Well, I am. Um, I'm, a, I'm a very outspoken person. I'm very passionate, but I'm also um, somebody who can hear all sides. And I taught for many years, gosh, 19 years. No, I taught for 14 years in Martin County. I was teacher of the year at both schools I was at. I was the Martin County teacher of the year as well was one of the first national board certified teachers in the state and the only reason I say those things is because education was I'm so passionate about it it's it's it sort of found me I didn't find it I got through college and my um got my bachelor's degree in history and international affairs and I said what am I going to do and I said oh I guess I'll just teach well it was it I, Once I got into the teaching um, at at FSU, I loved it. It was like everything I'd ever been looking for in a career. And then I got into my career and I just, anything that I could do, I did it. And so I get through um, 14 years of teaching and by the last five years, I was thinking, oh my gosh, I, I, I don't believe in this anymore. I don't believe in what I'm doing. I loved the kids. I loved everything about my job, except that I was trying to consistently fight against what i thought was was hurting our students and our schools and it wasn't coming from inside our schools it was coming from outside of our schools so i finally said you know what this isn't what i want to do anymore i actually opened a private tutoring company um and said you know what i'm just gonna leave i'm gonna um go do my own thing in education and you know, maybe, maybe it'll be fixed and maybe I'll come back. My husband's actually still in education. He's a guidance counselor at high school and he's been, he's in his 25th year this year. So we have a family of educators. But when I left, I realized, you know what? I quit in 2008 and I said, I'm going to run for school board because I'm going to change it there.
0: Can I ask you before we go any further, were you considering yourself to be on the more conservative or liberal side of the equation? I mean, you say nonpartisan, but sometimes people have very distinct views about what they want to see happen.
1: Well, it's funny because I think that that's right now what people don't really know what to do with me. So I'll tell you a little bit about myself and you might your mouth might drop a little bit. I am the mom of seven. We're a big Catholic family. I've homeschooled some of my kids through middle school. Um, my husband went to private school. I have... I, I work with charter schools I work i don't I don't actually work with charter schools I work with um, Montessori schools I work with religious um, schools with a religious affiliations within my business I am a I'm a conservative I'm republican and i I've been consistently fighting, and I don't want to say fighting, it's a bad term to use. I've been consistently advocating within the party saying, we've got this wrong. The party has this wrong. Mm. So I believe a very few, few people who are passionate about education within the Republican Party are not people who know education. And that concerns me because I always have a concern when somebody suddenly becomes passionate about an issue of which they don't really have a background and have never been passionate before. And they, and, and so you're bringing in, you know, it's like me telling someone who's a firefighter how to do their job or me telling somebody who's a builder how to do their job. And so as a Republican, I see a lot of it coming out of the party, but I also see a lot of Republican leaders who aren't saying anything about it. Which leads me to believe that they're not necessarily on board or they they understand that they don't know all the details. And I believe that what's happened is in an effort to do good, which there is a place for responsible choice. There are children who desperately, desperately need options. But in an effort to, to solve this problem, we created an entirely new problem. And it is going to be catastrophic. And I do not use that term lightly. It is going to be catastrophic to our children. So define
0: catastrophic. You have to define catastrophic for me now.
1: (laughs) Well, so what I'm trying to do, Jeffrey, and I don't mean to be vague, is I've been in education for 25 years and now I've seen it from every seat at the table. Literally every single seat at the table I've sat at as a parent, as a school board member, as a teacher, as, as somebody who provides educational services, I have seen it from every single angle. So this is how I actually got into leaving. And, and I'm just going to talk now with you like I'm not being recorded so that you can take kind of what you want from it. I went in 2006, seven. Um, I started talking to two other educators that I worked with about a program called SES. Have you ever heard of that?
0: we are talking about the, the tutoring yeah. the tutoring program then
1: Yes. so we said hey, we and my friends were working at Title I schools and we and they were they were like, oh my gosh, you wouldn't believe what is happening in our schools. These companies are coming in and they're they're like, They're not providing services. They're not doing what they need to do. We need to do this and do it right. So we said, okay, we'll do this. I went to, we went to our first meeting in 2007 just to see what this was like. And it was hundreds of people in a room being told how this system works and from, from Tallahassee, from people in Tallahassee that were running the system and how to, if you, you filled out this long application, you started the application and you provided services. So we're, we're sitting there going, okay, we can do this. This is easy. This is tutoring. It's all it was, except that over the course of the next four years, what we saw, the the companies that were providing the services, there were a few good ones. But when I say a few, I mean a few. There were people, it, it was Every It became a money grab and every child had a dollar on their head and every child that you could get was a dollar for your company. And I actively, even as an SES provider with my two colleagues who were master educators, knowing that we provided a wonderful service, I knew that this system was a colossal waste of taxpayer dollars and that we were funneling money out of our schools and into the pockets of private providers that were not doing their job, and I saw it. I saw it every day. I saw it from every angle, and I, it was appalling. And how many people came in that knew nothing about education, but it became a government program, which which has is always astounded me about this because Republicans are against everything that this is. Which is a government subsidized program. So why they're consistently backing that and pushing it, it? It 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 astounds me. And being a public education teacher, so let me go back. SES, they got rid of SES, and I said, oh my gosh, thank goodness they've come to their senses. I spoke in Tallahassee at legislative hearings about this program. Like this has to go. This is this is not good. And and when you so that's why I say they don't really know what to do with me. I'm the I'm the, I'm a mom who's a who's a who's been a teacher, a public education teacher, but I'm a conservative. Um, my family was at a Trump rally, which everyone's like appalled that I'll even admit, even some Republicans, but we went to a Trump rally on a school night at ten o'clock at night with, with my young all of my kids, and I really wanted to go to say, I wanna see him in person because of all the the marketing and media I've seen. I wanna see what he actually presents in person to, you know, to make my own, draw my own conclusions. I marched for pro-life in 2000 and um, 1994 when I was in Tallahassee as a college student, 1995 in Tallahassee. I am about as conservative as they come, but I'm also somebody who doesn't look, doesn't read the party Bible and follows it to a T because I don't believe that as individuals in the United States, we should ever, ever believe our government.
0: So, and OK, <laughs> I'm, I want to I, like, I want to go from that then, because we have the situation now where you have the government in Tallahassee controlled by one party, the Republican Party, and uh-huh. they want to do certain things and you and they're amping it up and you're talking about reconstructing it. So where do you see things needing to go as opposed to where they're headed now?
1: Ideally, where I'd like them to go is I'd like people who are in charge who have made a commitment to this state who are public servants to sit down and say, I do not want to hear from anybody but professionals in the field. I want to know what the problems are, where we where we were where we are now and where we want to go what is our ideal education system in the future and what are we what is happening right now that is going to prevent that i don't know jeffrey if you saw my my school board when we approved the charter here which i was the i was the lone dissenting vote and then um i was one of two that dissented against the um, contract that we approved but uh, what i said there was is we. It, where is cho- too many choices too many? When does it become too many choices so that it cannot be funded? And that's really where Reconstruct Ed started. It was, listen, I believe that people who aren't profiting off of education want the same thing for kids, all of them. I believe Republicans, Democrats, um, independents all want the same thing. They want every child to have equal access to education. They want every child to have an adequate education for their child. And I say adequate loosely. Obviously, that we want an excellent education for every child. But we all know that every single individual child, you can't serve the masses and give everyone exactly what they need. So you have to do the best that you can. So it is the duty of the public servants in Tallahassee to stop and to say, wait a minute, there's a lot going on here and we need to figure out what's happening because we're spending taxpayer dollars. We're changing programs that we supposedly already changed. And really this, this page resulted from that announcement about Common Core. And the first thing that came, I I laughed out loud when I saw that because the first thing that I thought as a Republican was we were told several years ago that we got rid of Common Core, which, which everybody know didn't really happen, but they renamed it. They spent, I don't know the exact number, but at least hundreds of thousands of dollars, possibly billions of dollars, rewording the, um, the Common Core to make it the Florida standards. They got input. They spent tons of work. We've rewritten all these textbooks. We've, we've adopted textbooks. The entire system is based on our standards that supposedly were rewritten by the Republican Party. Now we didn't actually do that. We didn't actually get rid of common core before when you told the taxpayers we were getting rid of common core. That's my concern. As a responsible Republican, as a responsible conservative, why are we allowing this sort of thing to go on? And why would anyone in the state agree to just gloss over the fact that we were already told this was done it wasn't done
0: now I look I look at your um, page and I see that you give a lot of practical advice on how to become an education advocate, going to board meetings, writing to lawmakers, staying on top of things and doing it on a consistent and regular basis. do you have any anticipation that that kind of work will stop the forward motion that is we're seeing right now with all of these Pieces of legislation and activities happening?
1: Sadly, I don't. But I can't, we can't stop talking about it because I do see um, us getting some leverage. I do see, uh, there are, I believe, there are a lot of Republicans within the party that do disagree with this, that do see what's going on. But education is much more complicated than people understand. And I think you know that because you've been reporting on it for so long. It is a very, very complicated um, concept. And I think a lot of people, even our elected officials who don't know a lot about education are intimidated by trying to walk into a meeting and argue against what the status quo is because they don't have enough information to do that. So I think until we get real conversation where people are not yelling at each other and people are really talking about the issues and saying where is there a place for vouchers where is there a place for charters where is there a place for choice where is there how much funding can we afford once we answer those questions Every child will have what they need. But we're we're on a very slippery slope right now, and I do fear that we are going to destroy the entire system, including the charters and, and any other form of choice if we aren't very, very careful. Because, you know, I often say, I, if I want to buy five cars so that I have a choice on which car I'm going to drive every day, there's an expense to that. And eventually, I can't afford any more cars. So where does it stop? And and why are we not responsibly moving down roads when we if we see a problem, we need to fix it. And really, that's where the surveys came in Reconstruct Ed. Those surveys were meticulously created. And I have to say now hindsight's 2020. What we should have made the first question in every survey was, what is your party affiliation? We didn't do that and I, I didn't think to do that until after we were done with the surveys. Um, and I thought, oh my gosh, I should have added that because then we could have seen, you know, who is responding, what, what, where is the majority of the party coming from because the whole point is to show that this page is, is an amalgamation of every, of each party. I know parents on there that are homeschool parents, private school parents, charter school parents. Um, they, they go to parochial schools, they go to public schools. They've chosen every form of education. Yet, if you look at the survey results, they are skewed in almost every question extremely skewed some of the questions do you want to get rid of testing completely only I and I don't have the surveys in front of me less than 10% said yes people believe there should be assessments but they but almost 70 or 80% of people said the way we're doing it is not the right way and these are public school advocates because here's what it comes down to Jeffrey every time I talk to a politician or an elected official, I should say, every time I talk to an elected official that does not really understand public education, every time I talk to a Republican or a Democrat who's really just touting whatever their party is giving them, the one thing that keeps coming back over and over again is, why do you want everyone else to be like the public schools when the public schools are the ones that have messed this all up? You're complaining about the public schools. You left the public schools, Tina, because you didn't believe in what you were doing anymore. And yet you want us all to be like the public schools. And that is that that right there is the baseline question. That is a false statement. I left the public schools because of what was being done to them. I don't believe there is one person on a public school campus anywhere in the state, and I could be wrong, obviously, I haven't interviewed all of them, that believes what we're doing for kids won't hurt them. But they also know exactly where it came from, and it came from Tallahassee. And it came from Tallahassee under statutes that we have no choice but to follow. I could give you personal story after personal story after personal story where we weren't able to make individual decisions for our children and our students because of a statute driven directive that didn't allow for us to say, this isn't good for this child. We're making a judgment call here. We're the experts. This child is going to do this. And I have to say, it's a bold statement, but I I completely believe that it's true. That our mental health crisis is a direct result and can be lined up almost directly with the institution of all of these standardized tests, the institution of all of these statutes that have required us as teachers and instructors and administrators to put every single child in a box and say, You will fit in that box. You will do whatever I want in that box, and you are not allowed to come out of that box. And that is what has come from Tallahassee, not from the public schools.
0: I was going to say, now we have to encourage people to get involved in your conversation and, and to, to make it so that you're not uh, alone in this in this talk. I mean, you, you make a very pers- persuasive argument for a lot of the things you're saying, and I've heard it from other people too, but it doesn't seem to be breaking through all the way to the people who are making those votes in Tallahassee.
1: Well, I think the problem is that there's a lot of money and there's a lot there are a lot of lobbyists and it's someone it's funny someone told me some one time i said to them and i am i have dear friends in democrats and independents and i truly am i don't i don't buy into any specific party line hook line and sinker i've done certain things because of certain situations in my life and i'm very very dedicated and passionate but i listen to everybody and i'm like and everybody has good points and things and that's where our leadership should be that that's that's the most important piece of any leader that we elect it's that they can sit and listen and take information and make decisions based on information and not based on party but moving beyond that what i see is everyone no one really has a true understanding of how government works how to get to the people you need to get to and how to be influential with those people and let me be clear i'm not sure i'm that influential either but what i do believe is That someone once told me. I said to them. I I told a Democratic friend, a friend of mine who's a Democrat. I said, "Listen, I don't know what you guys are doing because this is a this is a bad move." And I was talking about something specifically. I said, "You're never going to get this person elected. This is what the the data looks like." This and and she looked at me and she said, "I think it's really cute that you think I have enough money to influence anything within my party." And sadly, that is a commentary on American politics. The people who influence both parties are the people who have money. So until the people who don't have money, who the people who vote are loud and they're cohesive and they stop yelling at each other, we are not going to get anything done. And I've often said the top 10 percent of Democrats and the top 10 percent of Republicans are all sitting in a bar together laughing at the rest of us. And I'm a firm believer in that. There is a very small group of people that run this country and that run this state, and they are very powerful. And and until the rest of us can sit and take our wheelhouse, whatever tiny thing we can do, whatever tiny thing we're comfortable doing, and start to make a little bit of noise so that eventually we be become a hive of bees that can be very, very loud. If you just can make your little bit of noise, however you can, eventually we'll be loud enough to make a difference.
0: That's the end of our interview and the end of our podcast. If you'd like to participate in the conversation, please go to our Facebook page and you can comment on the post where this podcast will be. For the latest in Florida education breaking news, go to our blog, tampabay.com slash blogs slash gradebook. If you like the podcast, please continue to share it with your friends, review it on iTunes. You can subscribe on iTunes and Google and get it anywhere else that podcasts are available. I'm reporter Jeff Solacek. Thanks again for listening.